That's why every single day we come back to the practice and we do it all over again. We could have the shittiest day (laughs) with just sadness and anger and so many different feelings, but it's our team that gets us by every single day. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Whisker Talks, the veterinary marketing podcast from Whisker Cloud. I'm Adam Greenbaum, CEO and founder of Whisker Cloud. Today, I have Star. You just got married. Yeah. I almost said, I almost (laughs) said Star Riovo. I almost (laughs) did it. And you know what's funny is I have my notes right here literally saying, say the right last name, Star Verkler. Do I have that right? Yeah, very German, Verkler. Very German, Verkler. Man, you know, this is what's great about the Whisker Talks podcast is right before we started recording, I said to you, don't worry if either of us screws up. We can edit it out. And it took me seven <laughs> seconds into this thing to to my brain to go, wait, she was married like three weeks ago. <laughs> yep. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm excited you're here. You and I go back, what, six years yeah, as long as I've known my husband. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So like, yeah. <laughs> There's never mind. Anyway, <laughs> there wasn't there was yeah, anyway, that could have gotten weird really fast. So you have like just a really cool story that like everyone in vet med should want because you were like this big shot practice manager at this clinic. You were one of the first 10 customers of Whisker Cloud. Which was nice because I think we had to learn what it was like to work with someone who was really, what's the word I'm looking for? Mm, I'll skip that too. But, um, (laughs) and now you're the chief operating officer for this big fancy tech company. So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about your rise to greatness as you put it in the show notes that you sent me. Right. I was shocked that you wrote it like that, but here we are. (laughs) Oh my Um, gosh. But as, as everyone knows... I love the Marvel Universe. I love the Hulk. So I want to know, what is your veterinary origin story? How did you become a superhero in the veterinary industry? What got you here? Well, I was curating galleries in Florida because I have my BFA in fine arts. And I really didn't like how I was babysitting artists. They would come to the gallery and trying to figure out what their art meant. And if you know anything about fine art, it's completely off the wall. So (laughs) after a lot of thoughts, I moved back to Pennsylvania and I took just a shadowing experience at a local vet office that I've known since I was little. And that kind of led into a lot of different things. I was at a point I think that many of us have gone through in our lives where it's just kind of dark, not really sure where life is going to take you. Graduating college is scary as it is, but I found solace in taking care of animals and doing what we do every single day. I love it. So you were babysitting artists. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> I was babysitting artists and it just I don't know if you've ever had situations in your life where you are so passionate about something, but then when something becomes 
your breath and everything that you live by, it loses its charm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you're talking about veterinary medicine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding, everyone. (laughs) You are my breath, though, all of you. Oh, God. So it was was just overwhelming. I, I lost the passion in what drove me to the art field of why I wanted to do what I was so passionate about when I was 18. And I was lucky enough to find yet another passion in vet med by just cross training as a tech assistant and a receptionist just for this small little veterinary clinic in a very rural town back in Pennsylvania, which then just escalated into so many different opportunities for me in vet med. And here we are today. Well, and I love what you said, because that really is how I feel about veterinary medicine. It's like when you care so deeply about something, even the smallest things like get to you. And I don't even mean that in a bad way, but it's like, you know, if someone's having an issue with their website and I'm told this all the time, it's like, I'm like looking at that one person thinking, okay, this is one instance on one small website of one of our websites around the world. Like don't overthink it. And then I like spend 18 hours over the weekend, like building a fix that no one needs. No one needed or ever needed, but I did it for like all of our customers. So yeah, I'm with you on how that can become a bad thing, but I'm nuts. So <laughs> so you were this practice manager. That's when I got to know you. Yeah. And you really, you really ran the show. I mean, but it's like you did what every like strong practice manager does. You ran the clinic, you ran the team, you ran the website, you ran the social media, you know, you worked with us you know, like you, you directed our team, like you did it all. Do you think, I'm just going to ask this question because we've, this has come up and I like to ask weird questions. Like, do you think most practice managers are treated well in general? I know you were treated very well, but like in general, we'll say in the United States, are practice managers treated well? That's actually a layered question for me, at least, because, you know, how do we define well? Is, is well by giving them every single task inside the hospital and putting so much on their plate where they're so burnt out and fatigued? No, but are the benefits good? Are, is their schedule good? You know, do they have a really supportive team mentors? Sure. I've come across many practice managers are just unhappy with their position because of the ownership of the hospital usually bad attitudes, underappreciated, things like that, or just values that are in disagreement. But usually when you have someone that's worked their way up through the hospital um, over a period of time, it's usually a really good relationship because you've already created that foundation with the team. You've created the foundation with the owners and the doctors, but it also gives you a struggle of, you were once now like a coworker where you can do anything alongside them, go out for drinks and there was no boundaries. And now when you go into leadership, you have to create those boundaries and that's what's really hard for them. Wow. Really well said. And I'll say, I asked that question because if you go back and listen to every episode here, that position comes up a lot and it's typically split. Mm -hmm. Some people say it's miserable and it's tough. Other people say they love it. So anytime, and by the way, anytime I meet a practice manager, I ask, are you happy? It's 50-50, the answers I get all the time. Mm. I believe it. 
But you go in that role, and now you're the chief operating officer. I have that correct, right? Yeah. Okay. So you're this big, fancy executive at this awesome company called Kronos, which we're going to talk about. I know the whole team at Kronos. They're honestly some of the smartest people I've ever met in veterinary medicine and outside of veterinary medicine. And you start this new journey. What is it like? to go from running a hospital to running a business. I mean, it, I know like practice managers spend a lot of time sort of running the business and doing invoicing and things like that, but this is a, this is a different level. And as, as I can tell you, and as I've told a lot of people, being on the sea level just means you don't get a lot of the praise and you get all of the fire for everyone below you. Yeah. I mean, overall, it's definitely my dream position. I love what I do here at Kronos. I guess I'm, I usually don't lead by my title to anyone because it is a company that was created and thought about by two other individuals who then brought me onto the project. And I just ran with it and made this dream come true. At the end of the day, what Kronos is all about is giving that additional support to our industry by not letting our experienced technicians never come back and go into, you know, human healthcare or <laughs> a dental office, but giving them that outlet. So what I do on a day-to-day basis is, again, kind of like a practice manager, because we are a small company, I'm all over the place. But running a business and being a practice manager really has a lot of the same qualities. I think that if I didn't take those steps in that order, I wouldn't have been as prepared to handle this as I could have been. So I don't know, did I answer that question? <laughs> you did, and I'm not and I'm not editing that out. Okay. So <laughs> I like you're like being like very, very, very like calm and professional on this podcast. Well, so I need to like I need to ramp up the questions. Yeah, get get me warmed up, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. That's really interesting because I do think there's a big jump when you go from running a vet hospital to, you know, being the CEO of a business. It's tough. I mean, I was lucky enough before I started Wishcloud, I owned another company and before that. I was the head of big departments with a lot of people um, and it got me prepared. And I swear it's like, even now, seven years later, after starting Whisker Cloud, like s- stuff still catches me off guard weekly. I'm like, wow, something happened. I'm trying to remember in the last month that was so wild. And I remember thinking, I never thought that would happen. I'm trying, it was something HR related, but it's just like, yeah, you never really know. And that's what's so interesting. I joke, you know, everyone knows I love Marvel. There's a scene. Yes, I'm a nerd to everyone. There's a scene in the movie Avengers Infinity War. And I think I've brought this same scene up on previous episodes, but Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr. and Pepper Potts, who's Gwyneth Paltrow, like walking through the park. And at this moment in time, he has retired his Iron Man suit. They're talking about having children. Everything is great. He's happy. And it's like, wow, they're about to have the life they dreamed of. They got rid of all the bad guys. And then... Dr. Strange has a portal and he goes, Tony Stark, we need your help. You know, the fate of the universe is at hand. And I, and I, I have that video and I like watch it often because it's like, 
there are just so many times when you're running a company, running a vet hospital, whether you're the owner, CEO, practice manager, it doesn't matter for all of us. It's like, wow, what a nice Friday. It's 3.30, everything's fine. And then the portal opens up and something <laughs> crazy comes through and you're just like, why me? Why me? Why? Does that happen to you often? Oh, yeah. All right, cool. It might not be Friday. <laughs> yeah, oh well, yeah, it happens every day. It just it's just like the universe always just like, oh, Saturday morning, you're tired. Oh, well, oh, we know you're up at 5:15, you like to relax on Saturday mornings, but here's an email that caught your eye and you're like, "Damn it, why did I look at that?" Mm-hmm. Um so it happens whether you are the CEO of Whisker Cloud, the CEO of Kronos, practice manager, vet, you know, you own a vet hospital, you are just a veterinarian, you're an LVT. It just happens. I imagine at the hospital, it's probably the same, right? You're like, man, this is nice. Everything's great. And then a psychopath pet owner walks in and makes every Wednesday hell. Oh, yeah. Uh, so many times. Can't even count it. <laughs> I can't even. Um, I, I like super, super don't have the temperament. Like I and I see a lot of videos of people like freaking out in vet hospitals and I hear a lot of stories. I'm like, oh, my God, that would have not gone well. A thousand times over if I was put in that position. So kudos to you for getting through all of that. And kudos to everyone listening for continuing to get through all of the insane stuff that is thrown at us daily. Okay, so we're going to talk about your favorite parts of veterinary medicine. And then we're going to talk about something I, I like to talk about, which is robots and outsourcing, which pisses everyone off. But let's butter up the listeners by talking about what's great about vet med. So... You said it's the animals, it's the community. You bragged about being a rare breed in this industry. Um, That's just star. We go way back. (laughs) (laughs) But you've got a lot of support. So, you know, for everyone out there listening, I want to hear it. It's like, what makes veterinary medicine so wonderful in your eyes? In those notes, I was talking about community because I do believe that's why we all stay here. That's why every single day we come back to the practice and we do it all over again. We could have the shittiest day (laughs) with, you know, just sadness and anger and so many different feelings, but it's our team that gets us by every single day. That small veterinary practice I was mentioning before, the first ever, it was a team of what, um, I think like five or six individuals. And most of the team has been there for over 10 years, which is crazy. So new blood coming right in and they just took me under their wing. They taught me everything I needed to know at that time, back in the day where I had like a little notebook in my scrub pocket and I would refer to it when I didn't know the answer, (laughs) but That led me into wanting to do more. And so then I went to a different practice and that's where I experienced a extremely toxic team. There was no support there from leadership or ownership. There was moments in the day where uh, one of the doctors would physically throw items at employees when, you know, the doctor got angry and you know, the team would go out for drinks just to breathe after a shift, which honestly just caused more chaos. And then I ended up in the practice that we're referring to as a practice manager. And that was when 
I found two amazing mentors who then they took me under their wing and showed me even more about veterinary medicine that I was exposed to at the time. So in many ways, I was lucky because I started out with such a supportive team, but then also had the experience of what a toxic team was. And I could compare and contrast those two teams. And then when I became a practice manager, I was working towards how to support this hospital because this hospital not only (laughs) was there high turnover when I started, but there was also ownership that changed. And so trying to create a positive culture and to take us away from what the hospital represented in the past was a really big accomplishment. And of course, we all had our bad days, don't get me wrong, but the overall feel of that hospital was very supportive. As the years have gone by, unfortunately, veterinary professionals are taking more and more verbal abuse by clients. And, you know, that has a huge toll on all of our professionals. And so if it wasn't for the community and the support that we have in all different aspects, not just in hospital, but um, in organizations that we're a part of or conferences that we go and attend and, you know, see our, our colleagues that live across, you know, the country, I don't think that we could get through each and every single day the way that we are right now. Can I ask a very, very, very important follow-up question? Yeah. Okay. So in your show notes, you said that you married your husband in June. Mm-hmm. You had nearly every single member from your first veterinary position over five years ago attend the wedding. Mm-hmm. So you had all of these people at the wedding. Was there anyone that you've known as long as your husband that you thought maybe would have liked an invite? Oh, Adam. <laughs> Well, well, this is going to be awkward for people to listen to, <laughs> but what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, I mean, Adam, before I just go and invite you to a wedding, don't you think it would be nice to actually meet each other in real life and yeah. have an opportunity to meet your wife? Yeah, I feel like you and Liz like know each other. I think you guys like follow each other on social media. I'm like, anyway, where was our invite? It's fine. Yeah. We'll move on. She's super adorable, and I love when she shares like little videos or pictures of your cat, Nala. Just love it. Just love it so much. <laughs> I can picture her face listening to this. Yes, Nala is nuts. We just, for everyone out there, we have, we rescued this cat named Nala and our cat had passed away. We were in the process of moving ourselves and Whisker Cloud from Colorado to Southern California. And we're walking through like a a little local pet shop. We like to support like local shops. And, you know, we're in there getting some treats for the dogs for the drive and a little orange arm comes out of a cage, scratches my wife's arm. So we, we go talk to them and we're like, Hey, what's the deal with this cat? They said, well, she's nuts. They found her up in the mountains of Colorado by herself. She was rescued. She's been adopted twice. One time she scratched a baby. The next time she scratched a dog and she keeps getting brought back. 
And we were like, oh, she's perfect. We have two insane Boston Terriers and we need a cat. But like cats and Boston Terriers, especially ours, don't mix. But yeah, she's just one of the dogs now. They all lay together every day. They chase each other around the house. And um, she's laying behind me as we speak. On Actually, we bought Baxter a big Casper bed. And Baxter is laying on the ground next to it because the six-pound tabby has taken his giant bed <laughs> from him. So... Love it. Um, Nala, if you're listening, go to bed. It's late. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about my favorite subject on earth. Okay. And and I talk about this a lot. And I have started serious fights with family members, close friends, and uh, colleagues with my thoughts on this. And I've been called horrible, and I've been called elitist. And I want to talk about it with you because <laughs> you'll agree with me and make me look good and make me sound correct. And that's all, you know, that's why I have you here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. I believe that the world is changing. And at one point, taxis were great. And then you had Uber. And at one point, trains were great. And then you had cars and yada, yada. So, I see a shift in the way a lot of things are happening. Now, like Whisker Cloud just launched a chatbot product for everyone we do social media and content for because the number of Facebook DMs that we manage could be five to 700 a day sometimes. And guess what? We had the data that showed us doesn't really matter what clinic it is. Everyone asks the same questions. They go into your Facebook page, which clearly states your address, clearly states your hours, clearly states this or that, has all the posts we put out. And yet it was the same questions over and over and over. And yes, we are a team of humans doing that, just like a vet hospital, just like any business. And we started thinking, you know, if someone's asking for the phone number, why do we want them to wait for us? Even if that wait is, and this is no joke, this is a conversation we had, even if that wait is five minutes, that is five minutes too long. So we built chatbots. We didn't charge our customers. We're like, hey, if you're on the content plan, we're doing social media for you, you have this now. And we put that out and I was shocked. Like we were getting emails like, oh my God, this is amazing. Thank you. And it's great. We can actually see the interactions people have. And people are like, hey, I, you know, they can click a button, like make an appointment, contact page. What services do you offer? And it's like, boom, click here to go to our website. Is that not the point? The point is whether a human reaches back out and physically types, hey, yes, we're open till five today and open till seven tomorrow. Please click this link to book an appointment or you can call us here. Or if it happens instantly, like we should want it to happen instantly because I know vet hospitals see this differently than me sometimes, but I just, I I want your phone to ring. I want someone to book the appointment. Let's not make it weird. That's the point of all of this. So I love that. I also believe that like there won't be bank tellers in three years. There won't be retail workers in a couple of years. My parents worked in retail forever. So it is what it is. I have family members who still work in retail. I don't mean it in a bad way. Like I'm not sitting here like, man, I hope my my cousin loses his job. It's not like that, but it's like, <laughs> we're just evolving. And, <laughs> and I've told a story and this is where I want to loop you in. Cause you probably haven't heard this story from me, but I, I told a story about how, you know, we moved and we were testing out a new vet clinic and they're aha. And they have this big, beautiful hospital, which isn't typically the norm in Southern California, especially where I live. Cause we're by the beach, a lot of small 
clinics. Anyway, so we go. They ended up blowing us off for a day. They invited me back the next day. I'm sitting there for 30 minutes. They got four receptionists sitting there. No one's there. I'm the only person there. The phone maybe rang one time while I was there, and then they came and canceled on me anyway. And I'm thinking like, okay, from a cost perspective, this doesn't make sense. And it was weird because they were just sitting there talking and I'm sitting there quietly with two Boston Terriers in this waiting room, just thinking to myself, let's say they all make $16 an hour and let's say they offer these benefits. And I was like doing like a PL statement in my head <laughs> on like the cost of me sitting here alone. And like, and I was, and then I started thinking like, let's say the phone, the phone rang twice. So I'm like, okay, let's say the phone rang one time every 10 minutes. Anyway, I was doing like a lot of math in my head. Um, And then they're all like whispering to each other like, is that guy okay? But long story short, super long story short, like I think that veterinary medicine needs to look at staffing differently, needs to look at the customer experience differently, and needs to look at things more like a business. Because I think there's a misconception, and I've done an endless amount of research on this. A lot of people think, hey, if we're in, and I want to hear your opinion on this because of where you were a PM. A lot of people think if we're the local and we're your best buddy and you come in and we treat you like family, it's great. But I'll ask you this. What would the average pet parent prefer? Would the average pet parent prefer to come in there and have Star run up and say, you're here. I missed you. Oh my God, it's you. Or would they rather be able to like book online? you know, check in online, you know, do things really quick and and have like a really fast experience when they're, when they're interacting with the, with the vet business. I do believe that we do need to staff differently at our hospitals because there are so many tools at our fingertips that we can utilize in our hospitals to cut down on staffing cost. And again, people might be really upset with me as they are upset with you in this conversation. Why did they not get invited to your wedding? Oh, I'm kidding. I'm so kidding. Funny. Um, <laughs> but at, at one of the hospitals that we work alongside with, um, it's Adobe Animal Hospital. They have what is called a virtual client receptionist, essentially. And what happens is that when a client of theirs goes into the hospital, they are greeted by one of our team members on a virtual screen and they check them in. And the virtual screen looks like if they were sitting behind their desk, they have this whole setup and they get checked in. And then another one of our representatives handles their appointment in the exam room everything but what you know the doctor obviously would have to do and we take all of that information which cuts down on staff costs but also in a time where staff is hard to find it's a very easy solution and their clients love it i can't tell you how many times someone has taken their you know, their puppy and they just put up to the camera and they're like, hey, say hello to Fluffy. <laughs> oh my God, where are you from? Where are you located? And just have this conversation. They're like, this is so cool. But 
our industry is so scared of things like this, right? It's like, wow, that makes perfect sense. I can cut down on my staff costs at my front desk or, hey, I'm always shorthanded and I can't find someone to, you know, take this last position that I have and everyone's working overtime or they're getting burnt down because they're covering additional shifts. But there's this resource out there that they could utilize, but they're scared of it, of technology. It's kind of the same conversation that you have many times on the podcast about AI and all that other fun stuff. So, well, let's talk about that for a second, because veterinary medicine has been afraid of technology since well before Whisker Cloud was around. And you should even to this day, to this day, I, you know, as I talked about earlier, when I said when you love something so much, and it like can frustrate you, it's true. I'll we'll like get a support ticket where someone's like, can you remove our phone number from the website? And our support team will be like, hey, we don't recommend that. Like, just do it. We don't want people to call us. We get too many calls. And I'm and I'm like, fuck that. I call the clinic. I'm like, what are you doing? You're a business. Does the owner know this? I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't care if I'm crossing the line. And guess what? I probably shouldn't care. But I'm calling you because I care because that is moronic to do that. It's like, I, and again, like, I just want everyone to understand we all love animals. I'm obsessed with mine. I would take a billion bullets for any of my three pets without thinking twice. Liz talked about that in her wedding vows. Like, not that I would like die for the animals, but that I love them a lot. (laughs) But anyway, but like the point being is like, we all love the animals, but we're all still in business. And we just have to think about things like staffing costs. We have to think about things like benefits and taxes and PTO and all of those things that factor into it. That's fine. And I don't think, you know, anyone listening to this should be afraid to talk about it. And if you're like, you know, high up at a business or you own a business, you think about it a lot. And if you're not, you also have to understand, and I don't think many employees understand this, that the the total cost of an employee, even an entry-level employee, to them, It's like, I'm entry level. I don't, I get paid like shit. This sucks. Okay. You feel that way, but you have your salary, the, you know, I'll put it like this at Whisker Cloud, even though I'm not like this conversation is not referencing like a Whisker Cloud employee. I'm more putting this like in the thoughts of like a front desk person at a vet hospital, but, but like a Whisker Cloud, we're in California, taxes are high. We cover 65% of a really, really great healthcare plan, 75% of vision, 75% of dental. We have flexible time off, which means like, go do what you want when you want. We're not sitting here counting it. We have, I think, 12 paid holidays on top of that. It's a lot. So even if someone comes here and they're like, you know, if you have someone that makes, we'll say $25 an hour, to them, it's like, oh, I make $25 an hour. I make $52,000 a year, whatever that comes out to. It's like, well, you make $52,000 a year plus about six, 7000 in benefits costs plus payroll taxes plus the PTO, uh, you know, which is flexible, meaning you're probably going to take three to four weeks off this year and you're going to get paid for all of it and you're going to have 12 holidays. You were going to pay you for those times. We're not going to, there's not going to be any work done. That's, that's a really expensive person. And for most vet hospitals, even if you have a you know practice manager that makes in the fifteen to twenty something dollar an hour range, you've got LVT, CVTs like with that type of stuff. I don't think they realize that the cost is much higher than that, and it's not their fault. That's just the cost of doing business. Yeah, 
And I mean, there's so many other things that you didn't even list there, right? It's continuing education. It's uniform allowance. It's any type of discounts that you give to your staff in the hospital. It all comes out of your, you know, your profit margins, right? It's it's really hard to communicate that with employees because I've been on I've been on the other side, right? I've been that practice manager that I have an employee that is just very unhappy with their wage and trying to inform them of everything that, that we do in order to support them. Sometimes it's impossible for them to understand it. And I think that's definitely one of the harder parts of being in a type of leadership role in vet med because that can really burn you out easily just that that compassion fatigue you know yeah and we and we all have that i mean i have it here because you know like the same way that everyone that works in the hospital hears about the you know like things that are going wrong with the pets or people that can't afford the care and things like that like we hear from a lot of our customers unprompted who will tell us like they're miserable they'll say that over support tickets because they get to know our team they do calls with them and it's hard and you know and we and we feel the same but you know i think if like there's like receptionists out there you know vet techs or vet assistants listening to this thinking like oh these two schmucks want my job replaced (laughs) it's not really like that right no because i mean listen someone's gonna look at what what is chronos who's this person what type of company is she coming from right the whole idea of chronos is not to be replacing someone and we're very transparent in that when we talk to our hospitals so even with our company and this type of idea there to me and you and i might disagree on this but to a level there still needs to be someone there at our front desk. It doesn't mean that you need to have five, you know, you could probably (laughs) cut that down to two. And trust me, when you go from five to two, if you know, you're a receptionist and you're listening to this, you know how you like your desk and no one's messing up your stuff or your pens or your sticky notes or your stapler. And it's actually a lot easier. You know what's going on throughout the day, but think about all the stuff that they have to do just at the front desk. I mean, there's so much technology out there in general for our industry that we can just source that out and have our clients still feel supported as if they were picking up the phone and talking to one of those five receptionists. Yeah, that is just that is just so cool. And again, you know, that's how I feel. It's like because that person can handle just a ton of stuff and be really focused on the task at hand and not have the madness around them. Am I am I thinking of this the right way? (laughs) Yeah. Our one hospital in Pennsylvania, their phones do not ring at all. The only time that phone rings is if it's a remote team member needing to get a hold of someone in the hospital or it's their emergency line because, you know, they have a policy set in place, first come, first serve. It just rings all phones in the hospital. Imagine that. I mean... It's crazy how much you hear a phone ring in the hospital and not having that for the sake of your staff's sanity. (laughs) It also shows the benefits to our patients 
because it's creating a calm environment in the lobby. I mean, granted, yeah, we went through a pandemic and our lobbies were all closed, but before that, and now today our lobbies are reopened. It's so peaceful. And I mean, it creates a better experience for the patient and for the client because now all of their attention is on them the moment they come through your front door. Oh yeah. And you hear me say that all the time. It's like, it's like, why do you want the phone to ring? Because like conversely, the same people that said, you know, hey, can you take our phone number off the website? And I freaked out. I also freak out when people are like, actually, we've made the decision. We don't want people to request or book an appointment online. Can we just have them call? No, why? Why do you want them to call? And like, there's nothing worse than, I mean, this is every vet hospital on earth almost. It's like, hi, is this an emergency or can I put you on hold? Uh, sure, put me on hold. It's not an emergency. And like 11 minutes goes by and you're like, Okay, I'll call back later. Gone. That's money gone. No, you got to strike why the iron's hot. That's why I like chatbots. Because like, I don't really want to wait for a person on the other side to tell me their hours. Yeah, I could check Facebook, but I messaged you because I missed it. I just need to be told what it is. So yeah, I'm with you. It's like, I hate when, honestly, that is one thing. I love, I'm weird. I love taking my dogs to the vet. We've, at this point, we do senior blood work every 90 days because I'm nuts and they're 12 and 10 and I'm just like constantly worried. So we're always going in, we're doing dentals, we're, do, we're doing all kinds of stuff. And I, we have a great clinic. Still, phone's ringing, it's busy. There's people inside, outside. It's a lot. You just, you just don't want that. Yeah. I mean- in the back of my head, I'm hearing so many receptionists <laughs> saying, no, we don't want them to book online because they're so particular of how their schedule is set up. And I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure those who are listening to it right now, they're like, they have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> uh, letting clients just book online is mayhem. And you have to call those individuals back and reschedule them anyways, because they didn't book correctly. <laughs> God, I can hear it all right now, but it's, you know, I don't need, I don't need a phone call for someone just saying, um, I need to, you know, make an appointment because I just spoke with Dr. So-and-so and I need to come in for blood work for my pet's medication. That's something that's very easy to get scheduled most of the time. Even if you're still doing nail trims, I mean, how many phone calls are these pet hospitals getting for nail trims? Do you really want to get on the phone with somebody to do a nail trim? I mean, there's just so many different things that you can utilize for technology, not just for booking appointments, but medication requests. I can't even tell you how many calls that we've cut down just by implementing a service where you can submit your medication request online. More than half of your calls are medication requests. That's so interesting. Yeah. That is really interesting. You know what's interesting too? I, as you're talking, I just I just Googled something because I was curious. How many cars does Ford build a year? And that's a weird thing, but there's a reason I searched that. It says Ford makes 4.2 million vehicles. They made that in 2020. My assumption is if I looked like by year and I went back 10 years it's probably 90% less because at some point they figured out like, Hey, we love this person, but you know, we just don't need someone screwing in that. We'll have a robot do it. And a robot's going to do 10 of them. And the same time that person can do one. So, and that allows Ford to grow. 
and it allows Ford to open up like other roles and and hire more people for more skilled jobs. And I think like that's what I like about what you're all doing is that's what it does. It's like, hey, you were really like you're booked, you're busy, COVID's crazy. If we could help take some of the, like the reception stuff and and kind of streamline that for you, maybe you can go get another vet assistant. Maybe you can go get that other RVT you're running. Am I am I thinking of that correctly? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I'm in my thoughts right now. It's just the other thing that I hear a lot, and I'm I'm wondering if you heard it as well, is they don't want the technology losing the personal touch. You ever heard of that? I hear that a lot, but oh, I'm weird. Everyone knows I'm weird. Like I, I need personal touch from like my friends and family, everyone else. Like I don't need personal touch. Even at the vet, I know I go to that vet because I trust them with my pets. I don't feel like I need it, but I'm really weird. Yeah. I mean, I, I go to my vet because I know that when I have to call them, it's like, what are you calling for? What do you need? Okay. Here's your appointment. See you later. Bye. And I appreciate that. (laughs) Um, But you just don't need that personal touch for like rescheduling an appointment or scheduling a a follow-up visit. You know, there's just so many more areas of personal connection. Like when the client actually comes into the hospital and they're in the exam room with you, that's where the magic happens usually. You know, they always say, oh, you're the first person and the, you know, the last person to make the best impression of our hospital, which is true. But a lot of the times what they remember is the exam room, how long they're waiting in the exam room. How is the doctor? Does the doctor have good bedside manner? How is the technician? Does the technician, you know, treat your pet right? And, and then when you get to checkout, you just want to make sure that everything is correct for your invoice and that they have a smile and they're nice and then they're gone. You know, it's just interesting. I said something on a podcast like years on this podcast a couple of years ago, and I got some emails saying I was rude, but I was talking about like I went to a new dentist and I was wearing uh, a Lakers mask because this was during COVID. And, and, you know, she was like talking to me about the Lakers. It was fun. We OK, that's cool. We both bonded over it. I left and. I guess I wasn't sitting there like, oh, man, you know, three days later, I wasn't like, oh, that was such a fun talk about the Lakers. I do love LeBron James. Um, And again, like I'm like, I'm not I come off so weird in these conversations. And, And but I also like I'm looking at it from both sides on the business owner side. If I could outsource anything to another company and and you guys like you're not hiring just like random people you're hiring literal people who are who do this for work now they're just doing it for chronos and it saves the actual clinic money but like i'm just like i only think about you know was I able to get in quickly was I able did i have a nice time was I able to get out quickly and that's the vet that's going out to eat. You know, if you, if I have a reservation at six 30 um, and this happened recently, actually at Disneyland, which was crazy. My wife and I, where we have the biggest passes you have at Disneyland, they opened a restaurant. You know, we, well, we always talk about like bringing Disneyland magic to veterinary medicine. Adam Chrisman talks about that a lot. He was on this podcast talking about it. 
we we're like we get this email that's like hey you have the top pass you get to come eat at this restaurant just for you so we make an appointment we go they they leave us sitting there for 20 minutes like as our as our like reservation time came so we're at disneyland we're not that upset but i was still like you know it's weird we get charged ten dollars if we were late or we miss it but they can be 20 minutes late for us fine they they bring us up these stairs this is a disney california adventure they bring us up these stairs and they walk us around to like the tables. It's empty. There's like three people. There's like three tables and like 10 that were empty. And I'm thinking like, wait, what? Why were we sitting down there for 20 minutes? And there was multiple wait staff walking around. So they sit us and not a single person said hello or hi. And they just kept walking by us. Not even like didn't even make eye contact. Everyone else was eating their food. I was so I anyway, I just said, hey, let's go. We got up and left. We didn't make a scene. You know, they asked, is everything okay? We're like, we're good. We're just going to go eat something else. Didn't want to make a scene. But, you know, for me, it was less about maybe the food would have been good or bad, but it was more about, hey, this was weird. You had to sit here. You had to sit up there. And I think like that story maybe makes me sound like a weirdo, but it is also like at a vet hospital. The thing that's going to take away is like they're going to for the vet. I would say the average pet parent, especially if you're doing just like a wellness exam, they probably is. Well, I'll ask you middle of my story. Like, is there a gigantic difference in between two veterinarians doing a wellness exam or is it more about how they interact with the pet parent? Oh, gosh. Give me a question. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, well, I knew I was going to ask a question, but I guess my point is like, if they were able to get in and they were greeted properly and then they were able to pay and go really quickly and like felt good and it didn't take two hours to go there for a wellness exam, is that what makes them happiest? Or is it if everyone gushed when they walked in? Or is it is it like, hey, I was able to call... The phone rang once. I got an answer quickly. They don't know that the person, I have this correct, right? They don't know that this person works at Kronos. As far as they're concerned, they, they're they answering for that hospital. And they were able to book the appointment in one minute and say, thanks, bye. Isn't that what we want? Yeah, that's what we want. I'm ranting a lot today. I'm no, ranting. no, it's fine. That's, that's exactly what they want. Um, we, <laughs> fun story. Can I tell a story? Uh, Please. <laughs> we work with a emergency specialty hospital and a doctor called the hospital to send over a patient, right? And the doctor, you know, he, he's talking to one of our representatives and at the end of the conversation, when he got everything he needed to say about his patient, he goes, you don't work here because you're way too nice. And it stopped our team member like right in her tracks. She did not know how to handle that because she's here to represent this hospital that she's working alongside. But this doctor who's, you know, in their network is like, no, there's no way. Your demeanor is different. You're way happier. You know, you don't seem like you're in a rush. There's there's something different here. Who are you and what's going on? And so, you know, we allowed her to disclose that, you know, she's actually a team member of Kronos. And then we ended up having a conversation with this doctor. But he he noticed that immediately because if anyone first of all, either ever has the time to listen to phone recordings of your staff, um, I highly suggest it because you can always tell that they're stressed or that they're doing multiple things at one time. And it's all coming through the way that they're communicating with 
your clients or new potential clients. And so now you have these professionals, because like going back to what you said, yeah, we only hire veterinary professionals. We have a minimum requirement of five years. So we have individuals on our team that have up to 20 years experience and they come from all different types of departments within the hospital, but they're taking their time and they're building that relationship with their clients, regardless of what type of hospital you know they're working for, GP, emergency, doesn't matter. Um, and it changes their whole client experience. You know, um, now they're coming into your hospital for the first time and they're like, oh, I had such a wonderful experience. I can't wait to meet more of their team. And now your team is a lot more relaxed because they don't have over 800 calls a day to maintain, plus all their other responsibilities. That is interesting. And the story you told about the person saying like, oh, you're not there, you're happy. So controversial on the podcast. I'm so excited to hear about it. I'm kidding. Oh, but God, no, but I mean, that's that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, that's that's true. It's like, you know, and it's not the person answering the phone's fault. The no. person answering the phone, unfortunately, the phone just rang a hundred times and there's three people trying to pay and there's two dogs that are freaking out and there's someone yelling that they've been waiting an extra two minutes. And that's just how it goes, whether you're going to the vet or whether you're ordering food, or whether you're doing anything like people are weird mm -hmm. so i totally get it and like i said i love the idea of this a lot because i think it it's a win for all sides it's it's a win for you know the person who is calling and it's a win for the business because veterinary medicine is a business it's a, actually it's a very 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 big business now i know we all love animals but it's a business and like, I'll, I'll put this in perspective. I always say this, like if we're having a team meeting and, and people are afraid to speak up, I always say like, okay, I'll say something crazy and then everyone will feel comfortable. You know, it's like at whisker cloud. I got to tell you, uh, do I say this? I'll say it, whatever. <laughs> like I would say are three notorious people who I can think of three right now who treat my staff the worst are just the harshest email 8.30 p.m. asking for something, an email at 4 a.m. the next day and say, where the hell is this? Why isn't this done? It is our, they do the least amount of stuff with Whisker Cloud. They're some of the least engaged customers we have. And it's just rough to deal with them at times. And again, and there's times where for us, even me, their emails come in. I, you know, I hear about it or I see it in Slack and I'm just thinking, there's times where I just want to be like, go away, get out of here. But you know, this is a business. We want to be profitable. We want to take care of people, but you're also going to have situations where people are going to come into the hospital and just make it impossible for your people to answer the phones and be professional. And they're going to make it impossible for your people to provide the level of service they want. It sounds like what you're doing is you're just telling, you know, the people that are doing this for for you all it's like hey this is your mission this is all i'm asking you to do and you're going to do it perfectly right yeah pretty much i mean we we get down to the point of saying we are just an extension of your team because the one thing i never wanted chronos to represent is this like monster of a phone service right because there's so many different 
companies out there that are just a phone service. And ideally, what you're doing is you're forwarding over these calls and you're getting Joe Schmo in Ohio, and they have no idea what your clients are talking about. They have no education in veterinary medicine. So how we design these teams for the hospital is matching the team to the type of individuals that they would be hiring themselves. And what's wonderful for us is that we have a whole country to hire from, right? We're not only having to worry about a 50-mile radius to hopefully find the candidates in order to fill these roles. So that's one big thing I think that our clients who are working with us feel a level of comfortability with because we establish this team of however many individuals and then we sit in on a meet and greet. We sit in on staff meetings. We are learning and being updated as if we were team within their hospital. And so knowing that this is some sort of extension, it creates a happier kind of environment. And then going back to everything we have been saying, you know, the, the goal here is not to take away all of your front desk. It's just to give that support because we need it. <laughs> our technicians, our doctors, our receptionists, our managers, they need it. They need the support. And, you know, that that's what we're doing. Okay. Well, how do people learn more about Kronos and, and who should reach out? Give us like the 60 second, just like what makes everything great? How do they find it? How do they get started? So they would go to chronosvet.com and they would book a discovery session. And they can sit down with our client success coordinator, Andy, and have just a conversation. You know, we don't do sales pitches. We don't share our screen and give you a um, presentation of this is who we are. And look at this is my dog named Fluffy. We first and foremost. Hey, what's wrong with sharing your screen and telling everyone how great you are? Hey, listen, <laughs> we're not a software company, <laughs> but we we just say, hey, how can we help you? What are you looking for? And that's how we have that conversation. So that's how you find us, chronosvet.com. Chronosvet.com. Beautiful website, by the way. Nice work on that. Final question for you. If you were going to leave VetMed with one piece of inspirational advice, what would you tell everyone listening? Oh, heavy loaded question, Adam. I know. I know. And you know what's funny is as I was thinking, I'm like, am I going to throw this at her? And then I thought, well, I can BS for 15 seconds while she thinks of something, but we have six seconds until that's over. So, you know, now it's time. (laughs) (laughs) Say it one more time for me. So just if you want to leave, if you want to give everyone a thought, you know, you want everyone, I mean, like I said, you were, uh, you know, you worked at multiple clinics, you were a practice manager, you ascended to become the CEO of this other awesome company. Like, you know, what, what, you know, if you were going to say in 30 seconds, like what does VetMed need? What do the people of VetMed need to hear in your opinion? Um, like I would say this, I'll give you an example. I would tell all of vet medicine, make it easier for people to book appointments. You don't want to be on the phone. I know sometimes it's needed, but for a lot of the time, as Star was saying, for prescriptions and nail trims and stuff, you don't need it. So my advice would be make your life easier. And if you can do that with automation and outsourcing, you can have better business. If you have a better business and you're spending money the right way, 
and you have and you're not spending money on stuff you don't need on a Saturday when a guy's sitting there weirded out and there's four people sitting there and the phone's not ringing like that money could go to your other employees to keep them happier you could have better benefits so what would your advice be trust a remote team trust that you can still educate and train and get the same quality that you see in your staff at your hospital in a remote team, just because they're not there. Technology is here. It's 2022. They know what they need to do. And it doesn't matter what it is. There's still a foundation to it all. We all know how to book an appointment. We all know how to, you know, appropriately talk with our clients and just be there for them. Just trust in in the factor that there's remote employees, that there's software, that there is help for your staff and give that to them. But please, by all means, if anything has shown us over the pandemic is that we do need to support our team and don't be scared to look at something that is so foreign because it can really bring a lot more support to your team than a pizza party. Please stop with the pizza parties. Okay, well, now I'm canceling the Whisker Club pizza party in one hour. I wish I was kidding. (laughs) But anyway, Star, um, thanks so much for being here. I'll make sure everyone has a link to all the Chrono stuff in the show notes. And hey, this is something to think about if you're out there. Check out the website. Let me know what you think. I'm curious. It's beautiful. Star, always a pleasure. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, everyone. Don't forget to subscribe and follow everyone on social media. Have a wonderful day.